It never gets old. Bitch, the mic isn't even up. But yeah. <laughs> the, no, that song never gets old because honestly, that's one of my favorite Biggie songs. So if you didn't hear it, it's One More Chance by Biggie. Mm. That beat is so classic. I mean, you could also say it's the foolish Ashanti one, but nah. I mean, I've been waiting to classic. It's, it's a classic No, yeah, it is. Time. But like this song, when it comes on, whew, it's a different Natalie. Um, anyway. Welcome back to another episode of The Least Favorite. I'm your girl, Natalie. Co-host Tony, what's up? And today we are joined by, okay, how would you like me to introduce you? Because you have Get Real with Dakota, but I know your real name. I don't know if you want me to say it, though. <laughs> Not my government name. Okay, so then, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Introduce yourself. Yeah, there you go. Go ahead. There you go. go no ahead. pressure. I'm Dakota. I'm a tough love relationship coach and sexuality educator, and now I'm a part-time massage candle maker. Yay. Yay. Let's talk about those massage candles. Yes, let's have a moment real quick. First, let's talk about, we just had our first pop-up shop event. Oh my God. When was it? I don't even remember the date. 21st. Honestly, it was May 21st. Sunday. And Dakota was actually one of the vendors at the pop-up shop selling her massage you. candles. Which I, when I read, okay, so when I read that you were selling massage candles, at first I thought you misspelled it and it was like, it was message candles. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, like maybe they're candles with cute little messages on it. With like intentions. Because I couldn't think of like, how could you use candles mm. to massage people? Because I'm like, isn't it hot wax? Like you would burn yourself. No, no, no. Yeah, I agree. So I was like what the hell and then when I went to you and you were like oh yeah I can have you touch it and we can try it I'm like oh my god this shit about to burn me but no it was actually smelled really good it feels really good and um yeah you want to talk a little bit about that whole experience like did you enjoy yourself at the pop-up how did you feel being there you've done other pop-ups before yeah so I recently quit my job this past May so Mm -hmm. I was teaching sex ed for middle school and I said that's done and with me quitting my job I was like I need to make money yeah um, and I started making massage candles as a way for people to like access self-care and also to make kink accessible. Like when you hear things like kink and BDSM, it sounds really scary and it can sound like you're chewing too much at once. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what's a way to like ease people? You don't have to be a kinky person to play with heat or have a massage candle, but I've been selling them at a bunch of like different vending events, mostly like queer centered, women centered events. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my first event that was blended in terms of like who it served Ah. and if you didn't tell me that this was your first one i would have had no idea oh my god i love that honestly bitches Oh, that no. means so much to us because we were stressed bro i wouldn't have known girl i would have had, like i had no idea you were checking in like so i was telling him like there were things that i didn't even know i wanted or that are nice that y'all did that like really just kind of put the bow on top like you would check in with people you'd make oh, your rounds yeah, yeah. like i don't really remember having vending opportunities recently where like the people who are running it take the time to check in yeah, it's kind of like you pay your doing. money you show up and then they're like nowhere to where be found are. yeah exactly i don't know yeah. who they are yeah no, yeah yeah everywhere. Yeah. With a smile on your face. With a smile. Oh my God, we that means so much. We, we did have a good time though. And yeah. we and just seeing everybody else have such a good time, it was like, yes. okay, we did this. Yes. Like, it's good. We felt successful seeing all of y'all be successful. Honestly, like, oh, I all the traffic, all the foot traffic. <laughs> no, yeah, because honestly, with it being our first time, we didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how much foot traffic that area actually got. Mm-hmm. And then I remember, <laughs> I remember booking the place, meeting with the guy, looking at the venue. And then I remember going home and sitting home like, Oh shit, I have no one to fill this venue up. <laughs> I'm literally hitting her up like, girl, who the fuck we about to get to sell? We had 
like maybe like five potential we vendors. Up. We was hitting up well, everybody. I was up mother. till like yeah. one, two in the morning on Instagram. Like, hey, you want to be a vendor at this pop up? Da, 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 I want to pop whatever. Like going in. You had good attendance, though. Yeah. That place was full. Packed. Too full. And like once it started, as people were walking by, you had consistent like there was a flow. Like mm-hmm. I didn't there wasn't really a moment when I felt like there was a huge lull. Like yeah. even if people didn't buy something from me, there right. was always someone to talk to. Mm. There was always someone to connect with. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was just really well put together. Thank Everyone you. was also very kind. Like sometimes yes. you see vendors that are competitive. Oh my god, yeah. Like side eyeing. We got and I'm like, really, we have different products. Let me tell you, these <laughs> vendors, shout out to y'all. No, for real. Everybody blended so well. Mm-hmm. Even like in our little vendor chat, like everybody's so supportive. It was so positive in there. Yes. Like, oh my god. Too like positive. They, <laughs> like, <there's> like, <laughs> right. Like there's like a little like a sense of community, which yeah. I love, 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 love. But it's like that's like, the perfect purpose of it and like i and i was telling them yesterday i gave them like a little pep talk because i'm like yes we're a podcast but we should be doing more Mm. like we can't just be just us doing this every single like we're not gonna get anywhere we're not gonna meet as many people we're not gonna network as much and it's like why can't we uplift other people Mm -hmm. like i hate that whole like we always say like gatekeeping Mm -hmm. like everything to yourself no i'm not gonna tell you my resources or share my resources or tell you about this or put you onto this but it's like why not because in that scarcity mindset, nothing comes from that. So That's it's like, why are we thinking. living that way? Yeah. We should be uplifting. And what is with the competition? Also, There's the a million so people big. who sell clothes, who sell candles, who sell jewelry, but we can all come yeah. together exactly. and do it together. So big. Like there's Huge. literally enough to go around for everybody and then yeah. some. Absolutely. And we have that like fear, that scarcity mindset. But I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't have time to be scared. Like I have bills to pay. Yes. I'll cry. I'll have my moment. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, bitch, let's go. Yep. We got to get to work. And one thing I would say about you from the minute you got there, you were up <laughs> Dakota was up like she was ready to sell to talk standing, to people she was standing like, she was vibrant eye contact yes, like, smiling hi, I was hi, like oh no nah, she's hi, about her business hi. I was like okay Nah, you were no, talking yeah, about we, your nah, business. Nah, we were scoping everybody out. Best believe. We were yeah, like, oh. absolutely. So it makes sense what y'all saying about the scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. Remember, after that podcast, I, after the pop-up event, mm-hmm. I went to a completely separate venue just to go have a drink and they were having a whole fucking pop-up event. And it was huge. And it, and it looked amazing. There. I was just packed on a complete opposite side of town. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's room for everyone yeah. to drive and eat and have a good time. Everyone eats. Everyone, everyone eats. eats. And that's, that's the beauty of it. point about the great vibe, yo, I thought one, there thought there was one little small instance where the vibe was going to get killed a little bit and then that got handled right away mm-hmm. and it was just positivity the rest of the time. Right, it was yeah, not right. one incident which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But the that's, the, that's the beauty <laughs> in the Bronx. The Hunt's Bronx. Point. Okay. The Hunt's Point. All right. Hunt's Point is, you know, that area no is a little shade. rough no around shade, the edges. But you know. Did you know about that area prior to us? <laughs> no. Okay, good. I'm more familiar, like, with, like I was saying, like Washington Heights, like Manhattan, just because okay. like, that's where my mom grew up. That's where my parents met. That's where my parents worked. Yeah. Like, my mom was still working there as I was growing up. So, like, that's my comfort zone. Yeah. But there's so many parts of the city to explore. Mm-hmm. Like even coming here, I was like, it's so cute. It's walkable. Mm-hmm. It's kind of yeah. cozy. And it's actually an Irish neighborhood too. Because you said that you were I part did, Irish. I saw yeah. A lot of pubs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, My Irish people know how to get down. What did I want to say about that? <laughs> there was something else, but I forgot. But anyway, to start the episode, we always start with the topic from the bowl. And since Ooh. you're our guest, you get to pick the topic. Voila. It's like a random Is little. Is this like a pistol and mortar container? You know, like the ching ching. We actually don't. Oh, you know do. So I'm like, Whoa. well, for me, it's a mahal platano or something. Yeah, but. actually, and still don't know where he got this. Because I have one This was just on his table no, one day. Tanny's. Oh, oh, yes. Tanny. It's Tanny. Shout out to Tanny. Tanny. We have your bowl. Yeah. 
Okay. Do I read this? Do you read this? You can read it. Mm-hmm. What's the worst intimate experience you ever had? This is perfect. Wow. This Every is experience I've ever had with a man. <laughs> oh, shit. Let's <laughs> no, I'm not kidding, actually. No, I'm not kidding. Let's talk about it. <laughs> well, just before you even go there, hold on. Just let people know why you say that. Like, how do you identify? Like, let's get into it. No, let's talk about it. I'm not like a man hater. Mm -hmm. Like, I I think men need a lot of love. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that they've been grown and brought into that's not necessarily their fault. And although people are responsible for themselves, I don't think we set them up for success. Mm -hmm. Same way we don't set up women for success. But to this point um i was like pretending to be straight for most of my life like Mm. i knew from a very young age that i like girls and i kept trying to come out of the closet and then someone would say something and i'd like go back in the closet and i just kept trying to come out Mm -hmm. and like the surefire way to know like i would go out of my way to tell people that i was straight like i'd go out of my way to be like no like i'd like kiss a girl but i never date one like Mm. like straight people don't need to say that they're straight because they just are right exactly so i had dated men for most of my life and something was just, like, it always just felt like it was missing. Like something was just always off. And then I had ended my last relationship and my therapist was like, you need to go like be gay. So I went to a lesbian sex club in Brooklyn. Well, that's one way to do it. <laughs> like, oh, we have, I have so many questions. Now. Right. Fuck the outline. <laughs> Let's get into it. No, but continue. Yeah, no. So I had gone and I was scared. Like I called out of work that day. I was like, oh my God, like I'm a kiss Nervous girl. Like, and I've yeah. I've never eaten pussy before. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. I don't yeah. even know what I like. Mm-hmm. How am I going to like do that to somebody else? But my friend invited me and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go. Worst, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Like I was going my boundaries. I was like living my best whole life. Mm-hmm. Was not looking for a relationship. That didn't go as planned. I went. I met my spouse there for the first mm-hmm. time. Aww. We had sex in front of everybody. Wow. We had an audience. Wow. That's a love story. And, and then we've been together ever since. What a okay. story. <laughs> let's just rewind. Because there's a lot of Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so was it the man? What was lacking for the man? Was it just like physical attraction from that man? From men? Was it the emotional attraction from that? What was missing that a man couldn't give you? Physical and emotional. Like, I realized that I was attracted to masculinity, and that felt familiar for me. Mm-hmm. So I realized early on that I was attracted to masculine women because masculinity was familiar, but I was only associating masculinity with men. Mm. So, and also like with men, like is dick or not? Like with women, you have options. Mm-hmm. You could either scissor, you could eat each other out. You can play with toys. Mm-hmm. Like there's more versatility, but also with my trauma from like sexual things, penises are just so aggressive for me to, <laughs> to, to have one all the time. Right. So there were a lot of layers to it, but it was the physicality. Um, of just something always just feeling not right. Like I didn't have my first orgasm until the age of 24. Well, wow. the first orgasm by somebody else. Mm-hmm. I could make myself calm, but like other people mm-hmm. was not happening mm-hmm. until I came out of the closet and I was like, oh, the gates yeah. of heaven, I'm open, <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. And I, even after that though, I still identified as bisexual. I still identified as somebody that was attracted to men because I just didn't know. And then I, as like being in this relationship, I just came to understand how I related to men mm-hmm. and in healing my relationships with men, mm-hmm. not walking around like men are trash, men are right. this, fuck that. Like I had to put my anger aside. And then I realized like there's just something that's not there. 
right? Like when you're just attracted to somebody, there's just something there that's palpable, that's chemistry that you almost can't describe. Right. And it's just a feeling. Right. And I never felt that feeling with a man that I did with mm-hmm. people of the same sex and not just women, non-binary people, trans people. Like I identify as queer because I pretty much I'm like for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's more so where I came the happy healthy half. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that but super do you cool. feel like that's what kind of made you want to get into sexual education? Then I've oh, like from a young kid, I was always like super freaky, like just like into relationships. My parents divorced at a young age, so I was always obsessed with love and okay. like what makes relationships work and what fucks them up. And I was boy crazy. I was crush crazy. Like, I was just off the chain. And also with, like, media. Like, being exposed to porn at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Maybe the first time I saw porn, I was in, like, the third grade. Mm-hmm. Like, formally. And I was like, oh, this shit is, like, kind of cool. So I always <laughs> knew I wanted to do therapy or something in relationships. But yeah. it wasn't until college where I had an internship as a sex educator in Newark. Mm-hmm. Traveling around the city of Newark with a bag of dildos. Teaching people about X, Y, and Z. I was like... This is it. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like, because I want to help people not make the same mistakes I made. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of shit that I just did not have to do if I had somebody to just tell me like, hey, you can say no. You don't have to be treated this way mm-hmm. or you have so much to offer. Like, I think about what my decisions would have looked like if yeah. I had a guide to instill that in me. Right. But I'm not mad at myself for the things that I did. Like, I came to peace with it. I'm not going to be mad at myself because I slept with so many men and I'm not a gold star lesbian. You know, yeah. like, it brought me where I am today. I mean, is there ever really a gold? Is there a gold there star are. lesbian? For, what, what, would make, what would make the lesbian have a gold star? Right, they've like, never, they they just never been with a man. Oh, that's yeah. what it is. Okay, okay. So there's still so, a lot of stigma within the queer community. When rewinding it comes a little bit. How old were you when you actually felt those things? Like you are attracted because you said you were young, but like how young? Around seven, maybe younger than seven. Like I had told my mom I had a crush on a girl and she was like, okay, wait. But I'm like, you don't ask me that if I tell you I have a crush on a boy. Yeah. And then I just have feelings. And my my mom was very open growing up. Like Mm -hmm. she brought me everywhere. You know, like I was always hanging around adults. She brought me to Pride at a young age and I saw dykes on bikes, which is like a thing. They're mm. like dykes that ride motorcycles with oh, like nice. their titties out in leather. I was like, oh, shit. oh my God, this is my dream. Oh my God. Like this is something I was into at seven. Mm-hmm. But I just kept like repressing it. Yeah. Because the outside world wasn't. So it wasn't even like your mom, like making you feel like you had to. It was just society. People just kept questioning it. Okay. And I was, I dated a guy one time and um, I came out to him as bisexual and he was always talking about how it was so sexy. Like, oh, it's, it's hot for girls to be with girls. And then I came out as bi and he was like, ill. And I was like, I'm gonna just take my ass right back into this closet. Mm. But turns out, funny story. Say- <laughs> yeah, right? Right? Well, name? here's why he said ill because homeboy ended up getting a new girlfriend while we were together and he tried to have a threesome with me and his new uh. girlfriend. And I said, I thought you said it was nasty. And mm-hmm. now you're trying to have me. He has a baby with her now, actually. That's really funny. Jesus. Love and life. Jesus. Love and shame. life. I was like, not my problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> drooling with the questions right now. Do it. Do I have thoughts. No, because do you feel more free? Like, you feel free as a person um, being part of, like, the community. Like, I just, as a free as a person than you were when you were straight trying to fit in Yes, because the label queer allows for flexibility. 
Like, I can sit here and say, I'm only attracted to these type of people, but like, sexuality is fluid. Like, I could be 50 and be like, I don't know, I'm kind of attracted to, like, you really don't know. And identifying as queer allows for flexibility in my gender and my sexuality. It just mm -hmm. gives me space to feel what I'm feeling, when I feel it, how I feel it. Mm -hmm. So I identify heavily with that term. Yeah. Um, and it's the most free I've ever felt like in my entire life on my terms. Mm -hmm. Like I don't need to shame myself for there's times where I forget that I came out of the closet. Like I'll be at the gym checking out a girl and I'm like, you fucking weirdo. What the fuck? What? And then I'm like, girl, really? you gay. that's yeah. why you're looking at her butt. Cause you like her. Wow. But it was so ingrained in me that like, I forgot that I already came out. I already did the hard part. And it's like, you don't realize how ingrained it is until you have those moments and those conversations with yourself mm -hmm. to talk you out of it. It's crazy. Yeah. But I was like, really not, I was like really toxic and up until that point. Like yeah. I was just in unhealthy relationships. Mm -hmm. And what did it for me was cheating on my last partner. Mm -hmm. I didn't have sex with a girl, but I had made out with a friend and I was like so fucking drunk. And then I came home and was like, I want to do that again. And he was like, can I be there? And I was like, no. no. And then I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I really put myself on blast. So I stopped drinking. I took myself to therapy. And in therapy, I was like, oh my God, I think I'm gay. And what was that like? It was horrible. <laughs> Yeah like, yeah, like talk about that a little bit. I mean, probably, not to traumatize you again, no, but like no. it was probably the darkest time of my life. Wow. I was so depressed and I wanted to be straight so fucking bad because wow. it would have made my life easier. Mm -hmm. It was so hard to tell. It's hard to tell your partner, hey, I'm attracted to other people and I want to have sex with them and I don't want you to be there and X, Y and Z. Yeah. So I carried a lot of shame. Also being a feminine woman, we're, we're raised to view each other as competition. Mm -hmm. So that's always how I related to women. Cause I was with men that also enhanced that dynamic. Yeah. So I didn't know how to relate to femininity. Mm. It was like, my pussy was tingling. I'm feeling jealous. Those are two very strong emotions to happen at the same time. Yeah. And I would cry and go to bed. I didn't watch TV. I didn't leave my house. Wow. I wouldn't hang out with my friends. The thought of seeing a woman, like I wanted to like, and everything and just crawl in a hole. And I resisted it for so long. And then I was like, I don't, I don't have to do this anymore. Like I go masturbate in the bathroom to like lesbian porn. Like I didn't want to have sex with him. Like there were so many signs that like, girl, you're gay. Like you're queer. Like there's something going on here. Mm -hmm. But I just, and the, the, it's funny too. Cause I have a like supportive community around me. Like mm -hmm. nobody in my life right. was shaming me for it at that point. It was mm -hmm. just me. Yeah. I, I couldn't make sense of being wanting to be someone, but also wanting to be with them. I was mm -hmm. so confused. So that's when the therapy thing happened. And eventually that relationship ended and I was yeah. forced. I guess you could say forced because some people still don't fucking do the work when their back is against the wall. I made the choice to actually act and do mm -hmm. something because I was like, girl, you like you could die tomorrow. And then what? You know what I mean? Right. Like, like life to is dramatic, too short. No, but like, it's true. Really so it was really your is. turning true. point like in therapy? Like yeah. when you read that was your turning point? 100%. Like mm -hmm. when I had cheated, I still didn't even know that I could be gay or queer. Mm. Like when it happened, I, I, the thought of being queer didn't even occur to me. I was just like, damn, I fucked up. Like that's all it was. Right. I have to get my life together. And then in, throughout therapy, I was like, this is a, this is a thing. Yeah. This is not just like, oh, I had a night. Like, this is something I need to do for myself mm -hmm. or myself, mm -hmm. not for other people. Yeah. So I love my therapist. 
Shout, Shout out to, to your therapist. <laughs> I love my therapist. Too. I love Trish. <laughs> Um, I want to go back a little bit because I want to talk a little bit about what you said, gender and sexuality. Can you please explain the difference? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people don't really know that there's a difference. And I want you to. So I'm going to explain three terms. I'm going to explain biological sex, gender and sexuality. Okay. So biological sex is determined by three things. Your hormones, your chromosomes and your genitals. Those things can change for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. Your gender is the ideas and expectations that are assigned to you based on your biological sex. Okay. So when you come out of the womb and the doctor goes, hey, that's a vulva, that's a coochie, they say you're a girl. That's your identity and how you operate in the world. People think they're the same thing. If you take anything away from this thing today, they're not the fucking same thing. (laughs) It's your body and your identity. What's expected of you, how you're supposed to look, how you're supposed to act, how you feel Mm -hmm. about yourself. And then sexual orientation is who you're attracted to romantically and or sexually. There's also romantic orientation because those are also separate things. You're going to have to explain that too. So romantic never even orientation heard of that. is people or is how you relate to people emotionally. Okay. Sexual orientation is how you relate to people sexually. Okay. So I may be romantically monogamous, right? Like I'm the kind of person that can only have romantic intimacy with one person, mm-hmm. but I may be sexually open or vice mm. versa. There's people that have that are like close sexually or close romantically, like asexuals, they don't feel, they don't have the same sensations of being turned on, whereas we do. Yeah. Um, But it's important to differentiate those things because you have to ask yourself, like, where do I lie in relation? We kind of just group it all together, right? I'm born with a vulva. That means I'm a girl. That means I'm straight. Mm -hmm. That means I'm monogamous. That Mm -hmm. means all these things, Mm -hmm. but that's not true. It doesn't have to be if you don't want it to be. You have choice in that. You can create the relationship you want based on all of those different things and how they operate. You know? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I need to like absorb right. that because that was good. <laughs> no, it no, was. no one has ever. I was trying to read up no it like online it and I was like not that. getting, it just was not making, yeah, it wasn't clicking. Yeah. And online you broke it down like too. Yeah, yeah, it's so, like, just, so much. It could be simple. Keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I love about your videos. If you guys follow her, her videos are very clear and to the point yes. and you explain things very well. Absolutely. Which is why I wanted you on here. It's a teacher in me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So speaking of that, I want you to talk a little bit. So you were a middle school sex educator. Mm-hmm. So you obviously, well, I don't know. Could you be as open when you were teaching them things about? Like, I was. Yeah. Which was part of the, which is part of the reason why I left. Okay. I was open with them. You know, like I, I also had to, dis- cause I taught all grade. I taught fifth grade through eighth grade. So I had to discern the questions that were harmful to not be answered. Mm. And what were some questions that like, we don't really need to answer right now. Mm. You know, like my eighth grader asking me, um, you know, is it okay to beat up a trans person if they don't tell me that they're trans and we go out? Mm. That's a question we need to talk about. Great. Whereas in yeah. fifth grade, I don't need to talk to you necessarily right now about like how babies are made. Right. We could talk about puberty. We could talk about how your body's changing, mm-hmm. but that's a conversation that can possibly wait. But mm-hmm. I was very open. And if you want to talk, like if my students wanted to talk about my beliefs, let's talk about it. Because you're going to meet other people that have different beliefs. This is practice for the, the outside world out there. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to create an environment where it's also like there's, they have access to so much. Yeah, they do. You know, like they're walking Way around more than with handheld computers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you know shit. You know more than I do in some ways. Mm-hmm. You, I need to be a safe space for you for you to be honest. So you're not walking around with harmful information. Right. 
Because that's that's the real life consequence of not having these conversations. Because I know they're not talking to their parents about it. Right. They're talking to their friends. Mm-hmm. And I could have been the one person that they felt comfortable asking that question to. And I'm just like, OK, at least at least they got it from somewhere. Yeah. From me, you know, from the source, a good source, because they're trying to find it on their own. And how can they don't have the skills to discern what's valid, what's not. Yeah. Especially like with us, like I know my parents, they don't know, like half the things that you're talking about, mm-hmm. they it's like out of their scope. Yeah. And I know even like the conversations I have with my parents about sex, specifically my mom, it was like, if you have sex, you're going to get pregnant. Men only use you for sex. They don't love you. Like sex is something you do after marriage. Mm-hmm. Use a condom. Don't. But like that's about it. There was none of this like trans or queer or any of these types of conversations. Did you ever have parents approach you about anything? My So I grew up with my mom. My parents were divorced. I had mm-hmm. mentioned my parents were very open with me. My dad was a little bit more protective, like just being a dad, yeah. you know, but my mother would have very open, honest conversations with me. I didn't feel like I couldn't ask her about something or talk to her about things. Yeah. Um, the only time when I didn't feel that was because she was just working a lot and absent. But if I had a question about sex or relationships, like my mom knew, you know, and that I don't want to say like it, it set me up for failure because it didn't. It really helped me, actually. And I think if I just had a little bit more from her, I would have been able to navigate it in a better way. Mm-hmm. Or if I just had a better sex ed teacher, just yeah. somebody, yeah, anybody yeah, yeah. to help filter and apply it. Because I feel like the main thing back then was just use condoms got tested literally that was all we talked about (laughs) and i was in like healthy relationships in high school yeah and people knew they'd make jokes but like no one was helping me get out of it no but my mom calls me a hoe i call her a hoe on my birthday cake every year i saw that on your story you called her a hoe and i was like oh (laughs) yeah on my birthday cake every year it says happy birthday to my number one hooker like we have like a (laughs) sister yeah type relationship but we talk about shit now like Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, she she had a nickname. Sorry, mom. Phenomenal fellatio. I was like, good for you, girl. Stop. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, but it's, it's nah, nice to a, have that. Yo, Phenomenal <laughs> fellatio is hilarious. She is a happy, healthy Yeah, home. you know what? That's oh, a good dude. That's a good point because you're a guy. Obviously, you don't want to think of your mom in that hey, way. I feel like I'm women, the, we're like a little more open to that. I'm married to my eyes, but I can't. Even, I, don't even you, bro, I wanted to go back a little bit just because... Um, <laughs> It's really interesting because I have two boys. Everyone knows a four and a two year old. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting. And I try to have these conversations with my partner about things to speak about with them and Mm -hmm. when to speak about it with them, because they do recognize at a very young age. So I'm glad you were open about that. At seven years old, you felt feelings towards Mm -hmm. opposite sex. So or towards the same sex, rather. So I do feel like my kids already, especially my four year old, already is having like these feelings towards the opposite sex. Like he'll tell me like he'll walk up to me and he'll be like, oh, mommy, I want to go play with her. Do you think we can invite her over? Um, I want to ask her name or something like that. Or even just. He may not make sense of it now. So it's very like challenging, like knowing what obviously he's not. He's four. Right. We're not ready for big combos, but I'm just saying, like, I just when he has those combos, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like he's already identifying and like speaking his truth at such Mm -hmm. a young age. And I'm just like, this is amazing. And like I and I tell like my partner all the time, you know, and I don't want to get into these 
big discussions right now. We don't have to, no pressure. But you know, when people don't believe that at a very young age, you can identify yourself as like, you know, lesbian or be born a certain way. Like now seeing like my kids at such a young age that they already like are telling me that they have feelings towards, Mm -hmm. you know, a girl is just, it's just crazy. Like to Mm -hmm. me, like, you know, like being a parent, seeing that process is just amazing. But I think we need to believe kids when they tell us who they are. Thanks, yeah. yeah. And I think I have, a, I'm, I'm doing a workshop called Parenting the Parent and Sexuality Education. Mm, love that. Because I would love to go. Which, sound, which sounds <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, when is that? Why, why are you parenting a parent? It's for a conference called SLAM, Sexuality Liberators and Movers. Mm-hmm. And it's about changing this power dynamic between parents, children, and educators. And I mean, I don't have kids. You have, you know, you have kids, but I feel like especially older generations, it comes from like, I'm a parent, Mm -hmm. so I'm more deserving of respect. There's like this underlying belief Mm -hmm. that if you treat me like a child, it's an insult. Why? Because it comes from a belief that children are inherently less deserving of respect. And that's not the case. But imagine what the world would look like if we empowered our kids to believe in who they tell us that they are mm-hmm. and not everything. Like, you're not going to tell me you're fucking boo-boo the clown. And I'm going right. to be like, yeah, baby. Right, right, <laughs> no, right, like, right. you pick and choose, right. you know? Yeah. But we would have yeah. kids that believe in themselves, that are confident, that are self-sufficient, that are not dependent in unhealthy ways. Mm-hmm. And I would hope that that's what we all want for our future. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. but people just don't know. Mm-hmm. They didn't just, receive it. I think it's just super challenging. Like, you know, when your son or daughter like approach you with an idea and you can't picture it yourself, you know, sexual orientation or not, when you can't envision that and you've and you've been envisioning your son or your child mm-hmm. like a certain way and they come left, you know, it, it's almost like breaking your heart or almost like you just since you can't see it, it's very hard, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, but we've that's spoken because up. we picture yeah. what our kids' lives should look mm-hmm. like. Yeah, like they're going to get married to the opposite sex. Right. They're going to have kids. They're going to have the house. And it's like, they may not want that. That's exactly. our idea. That that's we're our idea. On them. Exactly. And I mean, again, like, I don't have kids. And I think a lot about when I will have kids. But I, I like, prepare myself for that, I guess. For, like, the, the reality of it. Like, mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. I'm going to deal with those feelings mm-hmm. when I name my child and maybe they want to change their name. I'm, I'm sitting here like I'm going to change my name. But when my kid comes to me, am I going to be like, OK, there's going to be some level and that's OK. But it's like Cause it, yeah, it's very easy to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be cool. I'm going to be open minded. Like we're going to be but free. Open are, you ready? are you ready? Are you re- do you really want to be cool, open minded? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, man. And there's a lot, because even you, when you had the moment of like looking at the girl at the gym and you were like, why are you looking at her? And it's like, duh, it's because I'm gay. That's why I'm looking at her. Like you even had to have that, like check yourself. (laughs) And that was you, yourself checking yourself. Now you have this completely different person who is still yours, but essentially they're their own person Mm -hmm. coming to you. You're going to have to check yourself on some things, no matter how open you are. So that's, I'm happy to hear that you're thinking about that though. Because part of the reason why I started relationship coaching was because I was teaching kids things but they're going back home to the same environments where their parents don't have yeah. these skills. Their parents are navigating unhealthy relationships and low self-esteem and yeah. housing insecurity, financial insecurity, food insecurity. So how the fuck am I going to expect you a nine-year-old to take this lesson about emotional regulation and then go back home to a parent who doesn't know how to emotionally regulate? Yeah. And that you trust them more than you trust me. That's your, that's your parent. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm going straight for the fucking source, baby. <laughs> I'm going for the people that may have kids one day or may not. It doesn't matter. 
But you got to set that foundation now. I would love to go to that workshop. You know Do you have they, further information? Yeah, you need to. No, you, you need to. You need we to. We will put it on our they page have, too. Like there's Thank not. You. I mean, we're now we're going totally left. No, it's fine. Sorry. I don't care. We're flowing. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. we're flowing. But it's no, good. There definitely is not. And you would think there is, but there's definitely not enough support out there mm-hmm. for parents. No, there isn't. No, parents. Like usually minority communities. It just is what it is. You're supposed to be ready. You ask a family member and mm-hmm. you're supposed to figure it out on yourself like and i've read like multiple books on parenting but even then it's just and even i just think back like a lot of especially in my family a lot of it is like oh you just need to go to church you just need to pray to god mm-hmm. and like because right now that's the devil right. and that's it and it's just like no it's just like okay. and like people more. really put a lot of pressure on the moms too um <laughs> especially because we're supposed to have this innate like feeling and this and I don't get me wrong I do get that feeling that like a motherly instinct of, of what to do how to go about it but having like more guidance you know it would be like super we need helpful. more of that yeah yeah, super yeah parents need love too I feel like they get forgotten and like we also put a lot of shit on them like calling them da 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 and I'm like how do you need help like how can I help you manage your finances manage your emotions manage your relationships yeah because you can't do this alone. And most of them don't have the time, the money, the resources, the information mm-hmm. to get them help, like get the help themselves. Mm-hmm. So how am I going to expect you to raise somebody who can do that for themselves? That's going to be hard. Yeah. Hello. You could do it, but how? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard. Yeah. So do you feel like your way of doing it now, I guess, making some type of a change or a difference is like the workshops, right? Is there anything else you do or is like right now that's like the stepping stone? It's a lot of the workshops. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of my one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. I feel like with my clients, like I had two clients today and I feel like that's where like I really get to shine in a sense. Like people that get to work with me really get to see what I bring to the table and really see changes in their day to day life. Like I had a moment today where I was talking to my client. I was like, oh, my God, she's listening to me. Mm -hmm. She she remembered that I said that. She's internal. She's actually doing her homework. Of course. I be with my, with my therapist. I'm writing notes. Yeah. I'm like, say that again. What's that term? I'm going to look it up later. No, we have to take it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. But workshops as well, because accessibility, like I want people to have access to this information Mm -hmm. and like granted, I'll be able to like charge a nice pretty penny, but I want to do that with the goal of like whatever profit I make from this big ass conference I can take money towards giving somebody free services. Right. You know, like, how can you help the people that don't have access or can't afford it? Right. You know, like, it just feels wrong. It, it doesn't feel right. And my work Like, it can't always be about the money. No. Because you're not really helping. You're only helping yourself at that point. No. And it's it, true. I'm like... I don't know. I also feel like I'm not really going to make a lot of money if I'm not doing something that feels good for me. Like, it's going to be fake and people are going to see right through that shit and it's not worth it. And then it it ends. But the workshops are fun. They're educational. They're hands-on, informative, interactive. Mm -hmm. I don't like to do lecture style. I like to, like, get people talking and moving. Like, that's the coach of me. Love that. You learned something great. Now let's do it right now. Love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What are some other themes of, like, workshops? Because I know that you also focus on, like, you said making kink less scary Mm -hmm. and also, like, boundaries. Are you going to be doing like workshops about those things or have you done yes, them already? Okay, so I actually good. have a workbook called Make Boundaries Your Bitch. I give that up to a lot of my clients. That's a lot of what we do. But I do have a workshop coming up for that. I have a workshop coming up like next weekend or so. So it's this um, 
lesbian queer organization mm-hmm. teaming up with another lesbian queer organization Love and we're that. doing a showing of erotic short film short films lesbian yeah. short films i'm gonna do a heat play workshop so accessible mm-hmm. do's and don'ts of heat play how to master your massage candle um i also do workshops regarding so i mentioned the boundaries i mentioned the parenting i mentioned the heat play there's a temperature play one that's like all encompassing hot and cold okay um, and then I like kind of break down like the lessons that I have in my coaching plan for workshops as well. Mm-hmm. So like reparenting yourself, reframing your thinking, mm-hmm. creating a self-pleasure practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like anything I like. So I'm kind of just figuring out like where I want to plant my feet in mm-hmm. regards to sexuality education because it's so broad. Yes. Yeah. But I feel like you're on the right track. Yeah, called everybody. No, it sounds like you are <laughs> like doing the damn thing for real. Oh yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask like um if are we gonna I want to talk more a little bit about boundaries. Mm-hmm. So I want to know like why exactly that's something that you feel like you want to touch on. Mm-hmm. And then like how do you go about teaching people how to honor their boundaries? So, right. So I had no boundaries growing up. My mom, I remember my mom told me one time, like, you need to have thick skin. And like, my dumb ass, like, I thought that that was something that I would grow Mm. throughout puberty. Like, I thought like 13 and I would have thick skin. And I didn't realize (laughs) Mm -hmm. that was something, a behavior, a personality trait, a healing process. So I had no boundaries. I, I was a serial monogamous. I would stay in relationships for way too fucking long. And I would let people treat me like shit. So when I left my last relationship and I was going through therapy, that's when I came up with the guide to being a happy, healthy hoe. And it was all about figuring out what you want, why you want it, how you want it, and actually getting it. So a lot of what I do in my process of teaching people their boundaries in regards to relationships or friendships, whatever, Mm -hmm. what kind of dynamic do you want? You want a fuck buddy? You want a friend? Do you want a long-term relationship? You want a poly relationship? What are you looking for? And some people be like, oh, I don't know. I'm going with the flow. And I'm like, yeah, that's not good enough. <laughs> you, you need some type of direction to yeah. guide your morals and your values. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're going with the flow, the current's going to take you anywhere mm-hmm. if you don't know where you're going. And then how can you set boundaries? Yeah. A lot of what happens is people get into situations and then someone crosses a boundary and then you're already involved. And we have this thing with time where I put in so much time and effort. I don't want to leave. I want to understand. You can understand why someone did something and not excuse it. Absolutely. So a lot of what I teach people is like, what are your boundaries? There's soft boundaries. There's hard boundaries. There's unspoken boundaries. What are they? They can change. That's fine. But prior to entering anything or if you're already in it, Figure out what it is. And then how do you ask for it? Because we talk a lot about boundaries, but what happens when someone crosses them? I'm the kind of person where like, well, what the fuck do I say? I know I have a boundary, but like, what do I say? What do I say? And how, and not only what do you say, but how How do do you say say it? So like, can you give the delivery be everything. Can you give an example, like, like a clear cut example of like, what would be something that would cross someone's boundaries, Mm -hmm. I should say. And then how could we go about saying it? Because I feel like a lot of, in a respectful way, but in a way that is still firm. This is something I practice. I'm just because I'm aggressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like assertive, but aggressive leaning because for most of my life I was really passive. So I think I'm just like so tired of being passive where like I could my voice can sound really strong and my I talk a lot with my hands. But I am heavy on I feel statements. So when you approach people 
Mm. I don't know. Let's say like we made plans for something and you double booked and you didn't communicate with me. Uh, yeah. Like, hey, listen, I felt, you know, I felt, what's the emotion I would feel? I felt like you kind of, you know, put me in second place mm -hmm. when you had double booked our plans because it made me feel like you weren't prioritizing our time together. In the future, I'd really like it if you would just make a better effort to communicate with me when you double book. Mm -hmm. So you want to say what you're feeling, why you're feeling it, when you're feeling it, to connect it deeply to what the person's doing mm -hmm. and what you need from them. And I know when we're triggered, that can feel like a lot. Like when you're pissed off, it's like, I'm, I'm just ready to curse you out. Like, I feel that, it, but it's practice. Yeah. You practice with your softer boundaries, the lighter boundaries, and you build your muscle memory. So when someone really fucking crosses a boundary, yeah. you get to decide where it goes. That conversation also could have been in the future. If this happens again, I'm going to have to rethink our friendship or we're going to need space. Yeah. But if you don't know what it is before you get there, how are mm -hmm. you going to plan? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're not. You're yeah. going to understand and you're going to excuse. Yes. And you don't always have to. You know, like we've like boundaries are really in right now. It's yeah, like a hot in. topic. Yes. And I have like a one strike you're out rule. Like if you cross an unspoken boundary, I'm done. What's an unspoken boundary for you? It's something like me personally. Yeah, for you personally. I would say. I want to say cheating, honestly, in my romantic yeah. relationships and probably in regards to my friendships, like lying or talking shit about me like yeah, if you're absolutely. my friend and yeah. i need to talk to you about talking shit about me mm -hmm. i'm not talking to you there's no conversation to be had right. we're not friends if with the relationship i have there's so many things that happen before people cheat and granted i've cheated so i can recognize that in myself and i've also been cheated on right but where i'm at now we're not going down that road you better be my friend first and tell me what the fuck is going on before you do whatever the fuck you're doing mm -hmm. that's an unspoken boundary yeah because I'm past that point. Mm -hmm. So it's important to think about like, what are things that I'm not going to tolerate, but won't end a relationship? And what are the things that will end the relationship? Mm -hmm. Like, I shouldn't even need to talk to you about this. Why am I talking to you about this? Mm -hmm. Some shit is like, but everybody has different things. Some people are genuinely okay with cheating. I'm not hitting on them. Like, that's fine. Know that from the get and talk about it. Right. Before you get too unraveled and then you just fucking lose your mind. And now mm -hmm. you're like looking back like, how the fuck did I get here? What the fuck have I been doing this whole time? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. I think what you said was funny about like your mom saying just have tougher skin. Because I feel like, I mean, I don't know how to say it properly, but I feel like that's something that I felt like growing up. Just tolerating everything made you tough. Mm -hmm. Like if you complain, you pussy, you weak. Why are you being so sensitive or emotional? And then it's like I've noticed in my adulthood and like and being in therapy and having boundaries now, people, oh, you see, like I can't play with you. I can't talk to you about anything. And it's like before it would have affected me to a point where I'm like, oh, my God, maybe there's something wrong with me. But now it's like, no, there's something wrong with you because like I'm asking for basic bare minimum qualities. You can't have respect. No, you can't play. You with can't me. communicate like an adult. Mm -hmm. You can't have empathy, emotional intelligence, self-awareness. Like those are basic. I'm not asking you to move mountains. Mm -hmm. It's like basic shit. And so I feel like what are some like what are some challenges that you face? Like other than people getting upset, like is there any other challenges that people can face when they try to set boundaries? Um. That was an answer. No, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. We'll see, um, like, your experience. No, I just feel like one of the challenges is if that person can't relate to your boundary. 
if they don't have that boundary. Mm-hmm. Everyone has different boundaries if they tolerate those things and those yeah. things don't bother them. Mm-hmm. It's very hard mm-hmm. to get someone to understand. Like, of course, I'm not talking about the respect. No, thing, of course. But just like maybe just a delivery. Right. Some people are very OK and are very receptive to recognizing when someone is upset, knowing not to take it personally. Right. Knowing that they're coming from a place of hurt, of pain and not, you know, not taking maybe some of the things they said too personally. Me? (laughs) Like you got you're going to have to calm down. Sometimes I just walk away and I can recognize it, but not taking it personally is very hard for me. So sometimes I'm just like, let's take a few minutes. Because you're about to say a whole lot that is going to take me a while to forget. So mm-hmm. let's take it a few minutes. Mm-hmm. So I feel like sometimes I have faced that with my partner because we could both get real, <laughs> you know, but, yeah. but I've but I've had to like set that boundary for him. Like, listen, we can't get all rah-rah because he could get rah-rah and he doesn't take stuff too personally. Like mm-hmm. I could say stuff and he's like, no, babe, I know you were upset. You could say that. Give you can yeah. let it out. You can let it <laughs> yeah. off. Like afterwards, though. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, not in the moment, but afterwards, be like, nah, babe. Like, I know that you was upset. I understand that I hurt you or mm-hmm. that you felt disrespected. Get it out your system. You want to scream? Go ahead. Or you're like, but I'm like, right. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm like, no, you can't do that to mm-hmm. me. Like, mm-hmm. no, no. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, again, going back, if the person doesn't communicate, doesn't face emotion the same as you, it's very hard yeah. for me to explain to him why, like, he cannot do that. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. I mean, you it know? can just be as simple as, like, I don't rock that way, and I'm just letting you know I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if that's a hard boundary for you, where, like, we're going to have to have a conversation, but it's not going to end the relationship, you get to determine where that line is. Exactly. But, like, the to your point, like, when you have boundaries that kind of conflict, yeah, you have to ask hard questions. Are these things that you're willing to live with? Do you think it's this person's personality? Or is it just a bad trait? Mm. All right. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times our partners do things and where we can take it as a personality thing. That's just who they are versus maybe there's some room for improvement, a bad habit you can change. But it's up to the communicating to decide where that goes. Exactly. And not everybody likes mm-hmm. the answers that they get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not everyone's open to the communication of it either. You know, like not everybody wants to talk about Good that. luck getting men to get on the same level as yeah it's very there's so difficult. much potential you it's guys so can we difficult. just need to give you the tools because a lot of men and i right. just like feel i don't want to come at you at all but i remember one time <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> i don't want to come at him but i remember one time we were talking about boundaries the three of us and he was kind of like i would be the type of person to be like yo fuck your boundaries like, I'm not going to honor that shit. Like, if anything, I want to push the limit more. But just because you're telling me not to do this or mm. not to say this, I'm not trying to make you a dick right now. No, that's but common, though. That's, that's common. And it's just like with someone like that, I mean, obviously okay. just remove yourself. But like it can be, again, like you said, hard. Like you end up making excuses or you forgive or you're already in it. You've invested time and energy. So it's like hard. But it's like what I was telling him, and maybe you could reiterate, is like boundaries are never for the other person. They're mm-hmm. always for you. So it is personal. Like we can't take it personal, but it's for us to take it personal. It like it's a personal thing. Nothing to do thing. with other people. Do. Nothing to do it's with other people. It's about how you respond mm-hmm. and what you allow. Mm-hmm. And a lot of like, because boundaries is like so in right now, it's like a fad. A lot of it's like, I'm not going to let you treat me. Like, mm, like you don't got to meet disrespect with disrespect or vice versa, whatever right. it is. It's all about you mm-hmm. and how you're going to receive or not receive what people are showing you about themselves. Absolutely. 
That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really quickly, I want to talk about your candle making because we didn't get to really talk about like yeah, how we you went it. from we like crazy. You went from working in a school to now <laughs> to quitting that, and then now you're doing your you know you have your therapy sessions with your clients, mm-hmm. and now candle making. So what like led to the transition, and then how's the candle? It making? was really random, honestly. Mm-hmm. I. So I I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. I saw that you posted that too. So I really quickly, can you just define what that is for people who don't know? So fibromyalgia is like PTSD for the body, pretty much your nervous system. So your pain receptors are so used to firing that they go off even when there's not something that's inflicting direct pain. Got it. So, you know, like when you have the flu and your body just hurts, it's like that all the time. (laughs) But I was struggling with my health. Like I was passing out at work. It was really bad. So I took a leave of absence to figure out my health. And in those three months, I was like, I can't go back to this job. Mm. I can't, I can't go back to this job. So there was a random event that came up and they were like vendors needed. And I was like, fuck it. Let me just apply and see what happens. And all the things I was offering, they already had. So the girl had asked me, do you have a product? And I'm sitting here like, yeah, I got a product. Did not have a product. <laughs> did not, I had no clue. And all of a sudden I was like, what about a massage candle? Like it just came to, came to me. That was, <laughs> and yeah. I made them. It went great. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just making candles. <laughs> like I, I wasn't planning on being a candle maker. Yeah. I don't want to be a full-time candle maker, but, but like I've never heard. <laughs> I mean, it could just be my ignorance, but I've never heard of a massage candle. No, me either. Maybe before yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Before you. That's why it's like yeah. a message candle. That's why I thought it was message candle. <laughs> yeah, like oh, like, okay, she's making affirmations, really empowering. Right, right. No, it's a massage candle. Yeah. Like. I've seen them. I've used them. That's so funny. I've me. never heard of a massage a candle. Yeah, because you know when you see like on music videos, people pouring the wax of the candle. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, she's going to be out here burning people? Right, like, what's like, happening? What's yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So but you but, had seen and experienced them beforehand. Yeah, and I had an sure. allergic reaction. Oh, and I was shit. like, this shit, I'm like, what the fuck? I have really sensitive skin. So I was like, why don't I make something that is body safe? That I, if I don't get a rash, that's a good sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I have really sensitive skin. So like, what are the ingredients in it? So there's a very low percentage of soy wax. Okay. There's mango shea butter, jojoba oil, vitamin E oil, avocado oil. And then oh. there's essential oils that I use for... The, the, the fragrance, yeah, yeah, that's okay. But and you said that you can use it as a, your own lotion too, like you use it as your lotion I use it every day. Okay. Before I get in the shower, I light my candle, I get out, and then like it forces me to like show my body love. Mm-hmm. And it's also nice because like you know when you put on lotion and you kind of have to like sit there naked for a little bit while you dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's <laughs> you like don't sticky have to do that and with the oil. yeah, it kind of just like starts to absorb. You don't have a film, but I love it, and I like learn like had to teach myself to like embrace my own product. Mm-hmm. Like not just sell it for other people, like really make a connection with my own product. Yeah. I came up with the scents. I made my own fucking labels. Like I didn't, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. You're doing great. Thank you. I'm trying. She had the nice Listen. little business card with the little spoon. And right away, right away, right away, right away, right away, she was like this. She was like this. Let me try it. She was like, oh. I was like, give me your hand. No, she was ready. She was ready. I loved how ready she was. <laughs> yes. It was awesome. And you use the candles as part of a way to like show, like, I guess, kink in a way. Mm-hmm. It's a form of heat play. Right. 
Is there any other type of things just to ease people into kink other than like massage candles that people can do to kind of like I want to just spice things up a little bit? Light like spanking, like Mm -hmm. sensory play. Mm -hmm. It also doesn't have to be spanking. Like you could use feathers, you could use a cold spoon, you can use drinks. Like there's a lot of tools you can use to kind of explore that side of yourself Mm -hmm. that doesn't have to be pain or extreme yes. or bruises and like burning. No, mm-hmm. you know, you want to play with blindfolds, role play, mm-hmm. dirty talk. Mm-hmm. All of those things can lean into kink depending on where you want to take it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know. Yeah. 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 Anything could be a kink. Um, And then with the can, so you say you don't want it to be a full-time thing. I, do, I mean, so I don't, well I don't know though. where it's going to take me, to be honest. I like, feel like yeah. I'm making a Pride Edition candle. So I'm going to be rolling. Like, I'm going to get rid of some scents. I'm going to keep the ones that are really doing well. Like yeah. the amber. That's like my and the signature. the cake one, the one that I bought. That's the amber, oh, yeah. So, that, oh, that's, that's the one that's creamy so good. and sexy. It smells really good. But for June, July, August, I'm doing a Pride Edition. Okay. So I want to do like small batches, small batch releases, but also mm-hmm. this is Part of how I'm making my money right now. So, like, I'm going to keep making these fucking candles course, until absolutely. I'm coaching absolutely. full time. You know? Absolutely. Bitches love candles. They do. <laughs> they do and love candles. And men love candles, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. I learned that at your event. I said, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Because they like them for the they, women. Yeah, exactly. Use them yeah. for the women. Yeah. Like, you got a girl yeah. that I'm like, you want one? I was like, okay, I'm gonna be right back. Yeah, then I grabbed Kike. I said, Kike, which thing you like? No, it's a vibe. Like, okay. It's a vibe. Easy, just like that shit, just let it go. Yeah. And then the fact that you can use it. And now this is like, a candle you can use yes. to like start things, yes. kick things off. Awesome. And then I love how like she explained to us that like in, in kink, because she was explaining to us how to use it, that like the closer you are, the hotter it is. So if you mm-hmm. pour it, like if mm-hmm. this is your hand and you pour it here, it's going to be hot. But if you pour it here, it'll be warmer. If you pour it here, then it'll be cool. Yep. So you can like, you know. Play around with yeah, it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I love the you education have on options. it. Yeah. Yeah. I said you want to pour it into the hand? Fine. <laughs> You want to use a spoon? Don't matter. Sometimes when I'm in a rush, I don't even melt that shit. I just like scoop my hand in the thing and I'm just like slapping it on my body because it, mel- it melts. Yeah, it melts yeah, yeah, down it melts. with your body temperature. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I like my spouse and I use them for date night all the time. We'll take baths. We have like a spa date night and we call it like club tub. I and we love put that. On music and lights I in the bathroom. So cute. And we play with the massage candle in the tub because it, again, you don't have that film. You know, you use like body scrubs. Yes. And the fucking bottom of the tub is like, it's slippery. like slippery. You about to bust your ass the next time you get oh in. Oh my yes. God. I was like, this is a hazard. I stopped using mine because of that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn, I never even used those tips. Yeah. I, I had a body scrub. Yeah. Well, you're. That's, yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you deserve body care, self care. Yes, too. of course. Um, Dakota, is there anything that you want to touch on that we didn't discuss? So you said you're making candles for pride. You're making candles for pride. Yes. Wait, I did, yo, so two years ago, mm-hmm. I actually went to fucking pride. Oh. Okay. I was with my homegirl. She was like, because her sister is gay, a lesbian, and she, her and her wife lived down like, by uh, Union Square. And I was like, fuck it, I'll go, have a good time. Yo, we're in a that's fucking summer days. It looks fun. I've never it been. It was so much fucking fun. Y'all should go like, to Like, it was dope. It was just a great time. There's this gas station down in that area where it was just like a DJ was there. A whole gas station was just turned up. I was Everyone at a gas was, station with a DJ. You said that was two years ago? Two years ago. She was probably there. Stop. Can you please? Because I, I passed <laughs> by that gas 
gas station the other day by like the village or something. Yeah. And I was. Yo, that shit. We might have been at the same gas station. Fucking heard of like it was just people every and no one. What, what I can say is that everyone down there was just about having fun. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like no one was too cool. No one was so up, uptight. It mm-hmm. was fucking just like free having a good fucking having time. Having a good time. That was a great experience. Yeah. Like That's I'm, I'm ready. You're I ready. mean, it's Pride Month every month, but like I'm ready. Yeah, June <laughs> is the month. It is. Um. All right. How are we feeling? Are we feeling good? We're feeling. Okay. Did you have a good time with us? I, I feel like I could stay here and talk to you guys. Okay. Like, ah! No, you definitely have to come back. I you definitely have to come you back. Have to. Are you allergic to cats? No. Okay, we're going to give you some Benadryl. Not Jazzy, because I ain't trying to put you to sleep. But y'all should come over. Yes, absolutely. We'll make dinner for you. My spouse is a chef as well. Gardener, educator. You had us at dinner. We'll yes. We will be there. We'll be out on the little patio. You had us at You food, had us at dinner. You had us at food. Let us know the date, and we will be we'll there. We'll do an aphrodisiac-themed dinner. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Cocktails, drinks, Dakota, thank you so Girls much night. for coming. Thank you. This was so nice. This was amazing. Thank, thank you so you. much. You're not going. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, All right. Bye, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye.